Good evening. Welcome to Central Baptist Church Mission Conference 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see the signs of the, our visiting missionaries. And tonight, we would like to welcome back two special friends from the mountains of northeast Georgia, Dr. Scott and Mrs. Cassandra Cottle. Dr. and Mrs. Cottle are no strangers to Central Baptist. They spent a week here with us two years ago leading our missions conference with preaching, teaching, and singing. Dr. Cottle is presently General Director of Macedonia World Baptist Missions, located in Brazelton, Georgia. 
Dr. Cottle pastored 21 years before joining the executive board of Macedonia World Baptist Missions, where he served for 15 years before being named president and general director in 2014. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to a pair of veterans of well over 40 years in service for our Lord and Savior, Dr. and Mrs. Scott Cottle. Ah, this next couple's no strangers to Central for sure. Please welcome back one of our very own with his beautiful wife, Daniel and Heather Sutton. If you read Daniel's bio in the missions conference booklet, he gives a detailed account of his life before and after he surrendered his life to the mission field. But many of us here at Central still remember him as young man who belonged to two of our most faithful members, Scott and Angie Sutton. And by the way, two of the most proud parents here tonight that you'll ever want to meet. Daniel and Heather, Heather have surrendered their lives to the country of Nicaragua, it's considered by many to be the most dangerous place on earth. And yet Daniel and Heather Sutton have answered the call to take the gospel to the people of Nicaragua that are in such great need of salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Daniel and Heather Sutton. Hey, Central Baptist Church, we've got another Florida boy here tonight with us, Mr. Jason Rangioni, he hails from Belle Glade, known for sugarcane, a long list of NFL players out of Glade Central, and now two famous missionaries on their way to Wales. Somehow Jason made his way from Belle Glade to Tabernacle Baptist College in Greenville, South Carolina, where he met and married a talented young lady named Dana who has written and published 21 books, not bad for an Italian boy from Belglade, Florida. Hey, Jason and Dana, please don't take offense. I'm just funning with you. No disrespect intended. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to the Rangionis. And then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. and Mrs. Allen and Patty Saunders. They're going to be speaking this Sunday in the Challengers class. By the way, the best Sunday school class in the whole place here. If you want to you come over and hear him, he's going to be our man. The Saunders are longtime veterans with Macedonia World Baptist Missions as church planters, mainly in the islands of the Caribbean. Because Brother Saunders is a pilot, they were able to take the gospel into many out-of-the-way places in all the years that they served there. After 25 years, Brother Saunders took an associate pastor position in People's Baptist Church in Madonna, Georgia for 13 years. Now the Saunders are back with Macedonia World Baptist Missions, where they're involved in a unique ministry called 
church rescue. He'll be telling you about that later in the week. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. Allen and Patty Saunders. Last but certainly not least, please give a warm Central Baptist Church welcome to the Satterfield family. Thomas and his lovely wife, Jennifer, son, Samuel, two daughters, Emma and Julia Satterfields. Brother Thomas pastored for 20 years before he and his family surrendered to the mission field. He's now the far north field director for Macedonia World Baptist Mission in the country of Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, we proudly present to you the Satterfield family. Thank you, Pastor. Well, turn in your Bible, if you would please, to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter number 6. And with the help of the Lord, I, I just about reached up there and grabbed that microphone. And I remember the words of Pastor Bloom. Oh, almost, almost lost my offering, and it was on the first night. John, chapter number 6. I'm telling you, I don't care if that thing's out here. I'm not touching that microphone. You just remind me of that throughout the course of this week. What a blessing it is to be back at the Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida. It's such a joy for Cassie and I to be here. We've been anticipating being here ever since the last time the Lord blessed us to be a part of your missions conference. I think it was two years ago, and I distinctly remember that year because I think, Dr. Bloom, that was the first year Central Baptist Church went over the $200,000 mark in a single year to reach the world with the gospel. And I see you're right on track to do $207,000 this year alone. Only eternity will reveal the worth of what you are doing here to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel. And so Cassie and I are absolutely thrilled to be a part of the missions conference this year. I want to encourage you to be here every single night of the meeting. And it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Thank you for everyone that has gone out of your way to make us feel welcome. Uh, the food before the service, everyone that had a part in serving the meal, the preparing the meal. Cassie and I, thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts and from the bottom of our stomachs as well. It was wonderful, and the food was great. The fellowship was even greater, and uh, we are just looking forward to this wonderful week at the Central Baptist Church. So good to see you. It's good to see uh, Brother Peter Banfield and Miss Cherie here tonight. And I didn't know if they would be able to be here uh, during the missions conference or not, but I'm so glad to see them. And then we had another missionary family come in. Brother Nathan Saunders is our Southwest U.S. field director, and him and his family were in the area, and they needed a place to go to church. And I said, I just happen to know of one in Ocala, Florida. And uh, uh, I, I know the preacher's preaching tonight, so come on by. So they did, and we're glad to have the Saunders family and all these other missionaries. Brother Jason, thank you for that wonderful presentation. Boy, Wales needs the gospel. 
and uh, Wells needs the Rongiones to get there. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you could call them whatever you want to call them, just as long as we can help them get to Wales and plant churches for God's honor and God's glory. Have you found your place in the Gospel of John? If so, would you please stand? John chapter number 6, a very familiar passage of Scripture that I simply could not get away from while seeking the Lord's will for the service tonight. So good to see all these uh, folks from the school And we're looking forward to being in the school tomorrow. I think I'm going to be preaching chapel uh, to the middle school and the high schoolers. And so, man, that's my group. I'm looking forward to being with you tomorrow morning. So make sure you're in your place, and I look forward to seeing you there. John chapter number 6 and verse number 1, the Bible says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and winning a given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down. And likewise, of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, He said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. I'm going to say something tonight that you no doubt will hear me say every night of this meeting. I want to encourage you to leave your Bibles open. As throughout the course of the message, I'll be making reference to several verses of Scripture here in the text that I've just been blessed to read within your hearing. You'll hear me say this every night, no doubt. Every point of my message will be taken directly from the text that I've just read within your hearing. And the reason that I say that and will say that every single night is because when it comes to world evangelism, when it comes to reaching the world with the gospel, well, I have my own opinion, but it really doesn't matter what Brother Caudill says. But friend, it matters a whole lot what God says. And so that's why everything I say every night of this meeting, I'm going to major on saying what thus saith the Lord. Because it is His Word that will change our lives. Oh, His Word will do much more this week than just challenge us. His Word will change us that we may be more like Him. And so with the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach on this thought, the mission's message in the meal 
for the multitude. Let's bow our heads, shall we, for a moment of prayer. Father, you've been so good to us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful singing, the great time of fellowship. Uh, Lord, I've enjoyed uh, Pastor Bloom making the announcements. It's just been wonderful tonight. Thank you for Brother Rongioni. Thank you for Brother Jason and Miss Dana and the burden that you've given them to reach Wales with the gospel. And we're certainly looking forward to hearing from every missionary family this week. But Lord, more than we look forward to hearing from them, <laughs> we certainly look forward to hearing from you. So Father, speak to us tonight. Oh Lord, use the text that you've placed on my heart to do much more than challenge us. Change us that we may be more like thee. And I'll give you glory and honor and praise for truly thou art worthy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I have no doubt that each of you are at least familiar with the story that I've just been blessed to read within your hearing. However, I can assure you, friend, you or I either one should never allow our familiarity with this portion of the Bible to cause us to lose the awe of its mission's message. I believe with all of my heart tonight there is something here the Lord would have each of us to see. And therefore it goes without saying there is most definitely something you and I need to see, we ought to see, especially as the text before us applies to reaching the world with the gospel. Evidently the Lord wanted us to be aware of the truths found here in John chapter 6 because other than his bodily resurrection, this is the only miracle that has been recorded for us in each of the four gospels in the New Testament of our Bibles. In fact, the feeding of the 5,000 besides women and children is actually the fourth of seven miracles performed by the Lord Jesus that have been recorded for us in the Gospel of John alone. In Christ's previous miracles recorded in the gospel before us, Jesus demonstrated his power, his purpose, as well as his position. But now, ladies and gentlemen, through this miraculous meal, Jesus declares his personal identity as the one, and may I say the only, Savior of the world. As you study your Bible, you'll discover this mighty miracle actually provides the context for the first of the great I Am statements of our Savior in the Gospel of John alone. Do you remember those I Am statements in the Gospel of John? In John chapter number 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine. In John chapter number 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And by the way, since he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he went on to say, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Do you remember the I am statements in John chapter number 10? You actually witnessed two of them there in that single chapter. Jesus not only declared, I am the door of the sheep, he even went as far as to say, I am the good shepherd. Do you remember the I am statement in John chapter 11? Jesus said there in that great chapter of the New Testament, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said in John chapter number 8, I am the light of the world. 
However, here in the chapter before us, the same Jesus that we read of blessing, breaking, and ultimately broadening the bread is the same Jesus that would go on to say in verse 35 of this very chapter, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Therefore I say again, here at tonight's Central Baptist Church, there is something the Lord would have each of us to see here within the first few verses of John chapter number 6. I submit to you tonight here in this chapter, you and I uh, are not only uh, uh, seeing the purpose of reaching others with the bread of life, but we are also seeing God's plan for doing it the most effectively as well. And therefore, for the next few moments, let's dig into the truth of the Word of God. Again, believing with all that's within us, it really matters what God has to say. First of all, when I look into John chapter number 6, the very first thing that becomes abundantly evident to me is number one, the problem. Do you see the problem in the text? Now, according to the context of John's writing, at this point, the Lord Jesus has gone over the Sea of Galilee and a great multitude has followed him. Now, let me call your attention to verse 10. In verse number 10, we are told that the men that were there that day numbered 5,000. And of course, we have done due diligence and we have compared Scripture with Scripture. And we know from studying Matthew's account of this story, Matthew chapter number 14 and verse number 21, that number 5,000 did not, of course, include women and children. And therefore, it's quite possible and highly probable that there could have been as many as fifteen to 20,000 people altogether here at this time. Now, brother, surely you would agree with me when I say, uh, that's a lot of people. And when you study the Bible, you'll discover that the number, the fifteen to 20,000, was only a small part of the problem, in fact. When you dig into the truths of the Word of God here in this chapter, you'll discover that the problem that is presented in the text, Brother Peter, is actually threefold. Consider the problem. First of all, the period is late. According to Matthew's account of this story, Matthew chapter 14 and 15, the Bible says this, and when it was evening, Mark's account of this story, Mark chapter 6 and verse 35, the Bible says the day was far spent. Luke's account of this story, Luke chapter 9 and verse 12 declares the day had began to wear away. I want you to understand the period is late. The sun is in the process of sinking. Darkness is looming. If Jesus and his disciples are going to do anything for the benefit of the fifteen to 20,000, they best get busy doing it because time is quickly running out. The period is late. Not only is the period late, let me tell you about the place. The place, it's desolate. 
According to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 15, the disciples say to the Lord Jesus, Lord, this is a desert place. That is to say, this evening, the place itself offered the 15 to 20,000 nothing they needed to sustain themselves. The place is desolate. Oh, and if that wasn't enough, let me tell you about the people. Those 15 to 20,000 people, they're hungry. Are you listening? They're hungry. I mean, it's supper time. And those people had been so preoccupied with staying with Jesus. They had completely lost sight of the fact that they needed food to sustain themselves physically. The, the fifteen to 20,000 were hungry. Oh, and listen to me tonight. As you and I consider the threefold problem revealed to us here in John chapter 6. I believe you and I are made aware of the threefold problem in our world this evening in light of the need to reach the world with the gospel. Can I say to the Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida, the period is late. What we do to reach the seven billion people on this planet, we must Get busy doing it. Darkness is looming. Do you remember the words of the Lord Jesus in John chapter number 9? He said in verse 4 of that chapter, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, that night cometh when no man can work. What we do, Brother Saunders, to rescue churches, what we do to plant churches, Brother Saunders, in the southwest, what we do to get the Ron Gionis to the country of Wales, we must do quickly. The period is late. Oh, and let me tell you about this place in which we're living. This world in which we are living is a desolate place. Oh, there is no lasting sustenance here. That is exactly why Jesus said in the first portion of verse 27 of John chapter 6, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Listen to me tonight. This world is built upon things that are temporal at best as opposed to the eternal things of God. The place in which we are living, spiritually speaking, hear me, it is a desolate place. And can I tell you about the people of the world? Can I tell you about the people of Wales? Can I tell you about the people of Nicaragua? Brother Sutton, can I tell you about the people of the far north? Can I tell you about people all over this world? The people... They're hungry. Oh, and listen, I can only imagine what some of you are thinking. Preacher, don't try to tell me they're hungry. It looks to me like they're overindulging in sin. And you know what? I'd have to agree with you on that point. But have you ever taken a moment and asked yourself, why? How many of you know tonight that for every eternal morsel of heaven's bread our Heavenly Father offers, the enemy always has a substitute. He knows he cannot dispose of heaven's bread and therefore he's out to delude the ministry of heaven's bread by offering whosoever a substitute. And the greater majority of the seven billion people on this planet, most of them having never heard of heaven's bread, has tried to satisfy the deep longing in their soul for eternal things 
with the temporary things of this world. That's why the drunkard has to have another drink. That's why the drug addict has to have another drug. The people are hungry and they're continuously trying to satisfy that deep spiritual hunger for the eternal things of God with the temporary things of this world. That's why we must, we must offer them the gospel, the power of God unto salvation. Oh, the period is late. The place is desolate. The people, they're hungry. And so we see the problem when we begin to dig into the truth of John chapter 6. But we not only see the problem. Secondly, let me call your attention, if I may, to the proclamation. Can I ask you a question tonight? Do you remember the disciples' proclamation concerning the threefold problem? Now remember, there are fifteen to 20,000 people that are here at this one given time. The hour is late. They're in a desolate place. Time is running out. Do you remember what the disciples proclaimed to the Lord Jesus? Well, you have to compare Scripture with Scripture. Again, let's go to Matthew's account of feed, the feeding of the 5,000 besides women and children. According to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 15, the disciples get together, they have a meeting of the minds, and they respond by telling the Lord Jesus, Lord, we've got a problem. Here's the problem. This is a desert place. The time is now past. And how many of you remember what the disciples said to the Lord? You Remember their proclamation? Send them away. The proclamation from the disciples in light of the threefold problem, send them away. Lord, you're not asking the 15 to 20,000 to feed the disciples. You're asking the 12 disciples to feed the 15 to 20,000. Lord, there is an overabundance of need and an underabundance of supply. And Lord, since we can't feed that many people, we've had a meetings of the mind and we all agree the best thing you can do, send them away. The disciples' proclamation in light of the threefold problem, the same proclamation that so many of God's children make today when it comes to world evangelism. Send them away. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not a know-it-all. I never have liked know-it-alls. And I don't even pretend to know it all. In fact, the older I get, the more I realize I don't even know the questions, much less the answer to the questions. I'm not a know-it-all. But I have, Brother Bloom, pastored independent, fundamental, temperamental Baptist for 21 years of my life. And during the 21 years that I was blessed to serve as a pastor, I had 21 different missions conferences just like you're having here this week. And it never failed. It never failed. The devil's always looking for somebody that he can use to discourage what the church is doing here this week. 
I think your pastor has said it wonderfully already. This is the most important meeting of your year. You make a greater investment in your missions conference than you do any other meeting. And I guarantee you this, the enemy will fight this meeting. And I'm not here to give him one ounce of credit, but I am here to realize that you better realize and I better realize he's going to fight this meeting. And I guarantee you throughout the course of this week, somebody's going to go to your precious preacher and they're going to say something like this. Preacher, we already given $207,000 a year to missions and you want to do more? I mean, we're already supporting almost 150 church planning missionaries around the world and you want to do more. You know what they're saying when they do that? Every time the missions offering plate passes and you fail to put your faith promise in, every time you have an opportunity to do more as a church to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel and yet you fail to do so, you make the same proclamation that the disciples made when they said to the Lord, Lord, send them away. The proclamation in light of a threefold problem, send them away. But listen to me now. God, thirdly, had a plan. In spite of the disciples' proclamation to send them away, God had a plan. And I'm very interested to know what that plan is because it's the same plan that he has today when it comes to reaching the world with the gospel. And so for the next very few moments, let's address this question, shall we? What does God's plan Involved. If God has a plan to reach the people of Wales, if God has a plan, Brother Sutton, to reach the people of Nicaragua, if God has a plan to rescue churches, to plant churches in the southeast and in the far north, if God has a plan, what does that plan involve? Just a few things directly from the text. First of all, God's plan to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel, number one, it involves a lad. God's plan involves a lad. John chapter 6 and verse number 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, Lord, there is a lad here. Just a plain old, everyday, run-of-the-mill, average lad. God's plan to reach the multitudes involved a lad then. And his plan to reach the world with the gospel involves a lad this very evening. How many of you know that sometimes there is a great message in what the Bible doesn't say? Can I tell you what the Bible doesn't say about this lad? The Bible doesn't say, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, Lord, there is a smart lad here. Now, 
I don't know. He could have been smart, Brother Saunders. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. I tend to believe that he was smart. I mean, he was smart enough to pack a lunch. He was smart enough to surround himself with the right kind of people, be in the right place at the right time. He was smart enough to be close enough to Jesus that he could be used of the Lord. I believe he was a smart lad, but I don't know that because the Bible doesn't say. He could have been a few french fries short of a Happy Meal. I don't know. His elevator might not have gone to the tent floor. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that he was a smart lad. You want to know why? Because it isn't just smart people that God can use to reach others with the gospel. You know what I'm thankful for? Before we came into the auditorium tonight, Dr. Bloom was kind enough to point us to several people within the church. If you need help with this, see this person. If you need help with this, see this person. And if, of course, if you need any help at all with electronics, Brother Hopper, he's the man to see. See Brother Hopper if you need help with electronics. And I'm doing some work recently for my friends at GRN Radio. I'm making the public service announcements. I'm excited about that. I love radio. You are listening to WTYG 91.5 FM at the beautiful Central Baptist Church of Ocala, Florida. If you are listening, praise the Lord for it. I love radio. And so I've got to make some public service announcements this week for GRN. Now, there's only one problem with that. I barely know how to operate my cell phone. <laughs> Can I just be honest with you? Now, some of you that know anything about cell phones, let me tell you what I'm carrying. I'm carrying an iPhone 5. I think they're up now to 41 and a half. I don't know. I, I, I think they're, they're way on up there. Hey, an iPhone 5, friend, is first cousin twice removed to a flip phone. And I barely know how to turn it on. But I'm so thankful. Brother Hopper, since he invented iPhones, he knows all about them. And when I was asking Brother Hopper to help me to make the PSAs, I think we're going to work on them tomorrow, Pastor. And I'm so excited about making the PSAs for GRN Radio. I'm excited about that. But I was thinking while I was asking Brother Hopper to help me, I'm so glad that God just doesn't use smart people. There'd be no help for me. If, if God only used smart people, can I tell you what else, old Brother Saunders? Listen, me and you both ought to shout amen right here. There's something else the Bible doesn't say about this lad. The Bible doesn't say in verse number 8, one of the, his disciples, Andrew Simon's Peter, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, Lord, there is a good looking lad. <laughs> now, I don't know. He might have been good looking. I mean, listen, he could have been on the cover of People magazine. I don't know. He might have been a good-looking lad. But listen, he could have been so ugly. He'd have made a freight train take a dirt road. You know what I mean? The Bible doesn't say that he was a good-looking lad. Do you want to know why? <laughs> because it isn't just good-looking folks that God could use to give a missions offering, to plant a church. Amen. Hey, listen, there's some things about this COVID that's it's been beneficial. Some of us are looking better than we've ever looked before wearing the masks. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's not just good looking. Let me tell you what else the Bible doesn't say about this lad. Lord, there's a skinny lad here. 
Oh, no. Hallelujah. It's not just skinny folk God can use, amen, to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel. The Bible doesn't say, hey, Lord, there's a lad here, and boy, you ought to see his bank account. He's invested wisely. He's got a lot of money stored. By... No, no, it's not just folks with a lot of money in their bank account. It's not just folks with a particular last name. It's not just folks that lives on one side of the other of town that God can use. God is a looking for capability tonight. God is looking for availability. If you make yourself available, God will make you capable of reaching others with the gospel. God's plan has always involved a lad. I want to tell you something. God's plan involves you. I can say to every one of these young people, God's plan involves you, but wait a minute. I can say to every one of you, I don't care how old you are, God's plan involves you because His plan has always involved a lad. Secondly, God's plan has always involved a lunch. Do you see the lunch? There's something special about this lunch. The Bible goes into great detail here in the text to teach us that it wasn't just any barley loaves that God used, any loaves rather, to feed the multitude that God used. It was barley loaves. Barley was used to feed the poor. (laughs) Barley was used to feed the animals. When they ran out of grain, they would feed them barley. And how many barley loaves? Five, the number of grace in our King James Bible. And these fish, well, these are not Big fish? These fish, are they're not impressive fish. What does the Bible say about these two fish? The Bible says they were just small fish. Oh, and I want you to know, listen to me, listen to me. God wants your lunch. God wants my lunch as weak and as small and as insignificant as our offering may be, as our talents might be, as our ability could be. God wants to use our lunch to impact this world with the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times do you read and study in your Bible? Bible of God taking something small and using that small thing to produce large significant results. He used the tears of a small baby to change the heart of Pharaoh's daughter in Exodus chapter 2. He used a rooster to bring a backslidden Peter under deep conviction. God used a stick in the hand of Moses when he parted the waters of the Red Sea. God used a little stone and a sling in the hand of a little boy named David to slay a great big giant. God used manna to feed and to speak to two million of his people in the wilderness. Who would have ever thought that God could do such a thing? Yet it's no wonder why the prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10, for who hath despised the day of small things? I want to tell you something, God's plan involves a lunch. And God wants your lunch. God wants your ability, your talent, your resources. Oh, they may be small and insignificant in the eyes of men, but God is able to take those small things 
and multiply them to the point that it makes an everlasting difference in the lives of others. God's plan involves a lunch. And then, of course, we know that God's plan involves the Lord. Because, you know, we not only witness in the text the Lord blessing the bread, John 6, 11. We not only witness the Lord breaking the bread, but we also witness Him broadening the bread as well. God took little and made it much. God took insignificant and made it significant. Our Lord is able to do that. God's plan involves the Lord. I don't know about you, Dr. Bloom, but the older I get, the more I realize I can't do it without Him. I need the Lord. I need the Lord like David needed the Lord when God chose him from the backside of nowhere watching his father Jesse's sheep and God took that little shepherd boy by the name of David and after the prophet Samuel had looked at every other brother that Jesse had presented before him that day God chose the little lad God chose the insignificant to produce significant things for his honor and for his glory God took Saul of Tarsus Saved him on the road to Damascus. Changed his name to the Apostle Paul and used him to pen 14 of the 27 books of the Bible. God's plan involves the Lord. God's plan involves the Lord. And then, of course, God's plan involves the layman. John 6, 11. Look at it with me. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, watch this, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise to the fishes as much as they would. God's plan involves the layman. The very layman that said just a few moments earlier, Lord, send them away. The very layman that were lacking in faith, God used to distribute the bread. Do you know what that assures me of tonight? It assures me that God isn't looking for perfection. God is looking for a person. God wants to use us as we are so that when great things are accomplished through us, no one can get credit for it but Him. His plan to reach a lost and dying world includes the layman. And then finally, God's plan to reach a lost and dying world includes the leftovers. Do you remember what the story says? You remember what Jesus said to his disciples? Gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. And when they gathered up the fragments, do you remember how many baskets? Twelve baskets remained. That's one basket for every doubting disciple that said... Send them away. That's one basket for every tribe of the nation of Israel. The Lord Jesus said, Pick up everything that's left over, that nothing be left. And I'll tell you why. Because in the month of June, in the year of 1974, there's a little eight-year-old fella that's going to walk in Iowa one Sunday morning at the Mountain View Baptist Church of Mountain View, North Carolina. His name is Scott Caudle. And he's going to come hungry for he that said, I am the bread of life. And I want him 
and His children and generations that follow to know that whosoever is hungry, I'll never run low of bread. My table is always going to be full. And I want you to know what was true then is just as true today for the people of Wales. It's just as true today for the people of Nicaragua because God's plan has always involved the leftovers. Why, if you're here tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I got some really good news for you. God's not running lower bread. God's not running low of water if you're thirsty. There's plenty of food at God's table for you. And we could say the same thing for the seven billion people on this planet. Why? I'll tell you why. Because God's plan to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel involves the leftovers. You've listened so well. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord Jesus.